just check on the coin. Sure, yeah. Yes, I am. Hello and welcome to the We Don't Go Out podcast, a podcast about staying in. Then we'll go in and help for us, even though we can now. Um, I'm Ant and I'm here with Dave. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about the Sony, the Sony Showcase 2021, where they unveiled quite a few big games. Um, we'll be doing our film club, uh, which this week are Akira and Sicario. Sicario. Um, but before that, we can talk about what we've been playing and watching, uh, starting with Dave. Let's start with your games. You've been playing, what is it called? WCR, WRC. <laughs> WRC 10, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's the last installment by the studio, because I think Codemasters slash EA bought the WRC slash EA. So, I thought Codemasters were part of Square, no? No, no, no. Codemasters, when they've, they've started publishing their own games and that, but they're you know they're literally on their own, aren't they? Oh. But until EA purchased them anyway. But yeah, um, it's a very, very good game. There's there's a few little, say like niggles in there and stuff that kind of, but it's not a big budget game like your Gran Turismo's and your Project Cars and do you know what I mean? They're mm. Obviously, don't have that type of budget, but they do do very. Look, I haven't played one for a few years, but it is a very good game. The handling model is fantastic, and with the um, the dual sense as well. What do they call it? The adaptive triggers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously it's got this speaker on the pad, obviously, which some people might say, um, "Oh, it's just a gimmick." But it, it does. I think it does work well. Like you can hear the when you're driving over the gravel and stuff coming out the. Um, speaker and it, it and the rumble really works well with it as well but um the handling model's beautiful um the stages are really well designed obviously they're not like top notch graphics but it it runs so well that it doesn't fuss you do you know what i mean mm, yeah but it's hard to, the career mode's really in depth i'm still getting my head around a bit of it like um so many different things you can do like you have staff and um you have to pick what you can do on certain dates because i'm not actually in the wrc team yet, i'm still in the junior team so I can do training or I can get to like special events, but I can only do one of these things in a day and then I have to rest my staff and you know, all that type of stuff. A bit like a role play game, I suppose, of sorts. But um, yeah, not much more to say apart from that. But yeah, it's really, really good. It's tough, very tough to get to um, win races and stuff. And mm. even online, I've, I thought, wow, that was a pretty good lap for me. And I've been like 50th in the world. And I thought, wow, that's impressive. But then you look at the top place and I'm like 20, 30 seconds behind them. I'm like, hey, <laughs> You go online, you watch some of the videos, how, how fast people are going, I think, Jesus. I must so how, be using a steering wheel. How are they doing that? Oh, with a proper steering wheel, you reckon? Possibly, yeah, but again, they're probably just way better than me. I mean, like I said to you before, didn't I? Like, years ago, I used to have some of the top times on Wipeout in the world, mm. but now, I can't even get close to, like, I go on Wipeout every now and then. I'm nowhere near those speeds, but I was what, dedicated yeah. back then. Yeah, I was going to say, are you never near your old speeds or just the top people now? Sorry, are you nowhere near the speeds you used to get to? Can you can you get you? Um, I'm not sure. I like. I think it's. Because I don't play it enough. Do you know? Yeah. To me. Um, get sharp and re- and remember the tracks and that. But um, yeah, I suppose I could get quicker, but I still don't think I'd be anywhere near the top times in the world on on the wipeout and WRC. Certainly not by any means. I'm quite an um, a, a bottle it basically on certain corners where you need to keep your foot mm-hmm. down and that, where that's precious I, I bottle it a lot of the time but I, I, it don't matter it's not the online side for me is just fun 
Yeah. Just yeah. go on there, see how, see how you can do. I'm not, it's not going to um, depress me. So that, that's, that's the rally game, isn't it? We're talking. Yes. It used to be Colin McRae. Yeah. Yeah. I played yeah. a few of them back in the day. They were fun, but I um, didn't stick with them. I do like the, um, the speech it's not, thing. You it, it's not Colin McRae. This is a WRC game, but it's got nothing to do with Colin McRae. No, no, no. But that not this what it used to be? Until they dropped his name. No, no, no. Colin McRae is by Cardmasters. Oh. oh, are they the ones owned by Square? Am I getting confused? No, 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 no. Cardmasters. <laughs> right. Mike, Co- Matt, they still make Dirt and Colin McRae and F1. Oh, they make Dirt. Yeah, I bought them. WRC, the small studio, bought the WRC license because it was just like in hibernation for a few years because Sony had it, didn't they? In the PS2 era. Yeah. And then Sony let it go because obviously at, towards the end of the year, like people, People were probably buying less and less, and there's like, right, we'll scrap that. But then they bought it and they've had it for like 10 years now, I think. Mm. Cardmasters <laughs> bought it last year and they get the rights from next season. I feel like in this moment, you're Doctor Who and I'm the assistant. I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like asking the dumb questions, and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But the thing, the thing that stuck out to me most in that whole chat was uh, the speaker in the in the handset. I love yeah. that. I loved it on the Wii. I thought it was it wasn't used very often, but when it was, I think it worked really well. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not like in WRC, and I can't remember it on the Wii because I didn't play the Wii very very much. But um, it's not like a game changer, but it does help with immersion. I find. Mm. I think it does help. Mm. Just makes it feel a bit more. I don't know. Like it feels like the the developers have put a bit more effort in. You know what I mean? Like, oh well, yeah, we can use this. We can. No, we don't have to like not use it. But why not? I, th- I thought you were going to say the um your co-pilot shouts through that like your directions. I'm not sure. I, I, I think he might, but then I'm thinking I can't remember if it's through the TV or that. I think there is the option to change it. Mm. It might be through that. I can't. I couldn't tell off the top of my head because it's been a few days since I played it, and now I've not got a great memory anymore. Mm. I remember one of the Wii games, I can't remember which one it was, it was a multiplayer game, and when you were it, uh, your pad would make a little sound, your own personal like little sound through the pad. But yeah. The biggest one was in, in No More Heroes, I think the first one, when the Wii remote would become your phone, and it would ring, yeah. and when you held it up to your ear, it was like answering it. And then we talk to you through that through the... Uh, oh, through yeah. The that was yeah. so cool. I loved that. Yeah, because there's that with the move as well, I think. I don't know, because the move didn't have a speaker, did it? No, uh, but I mean, like, didn't you have to, like, manoeuvre it in certain ways to do stuff like that? Can't yeah, think. you could. So maybe you did lift it up to answer the phone, like, put it to your ear, because it would detect mm. it, wouldn't it? That's so clever. Uh, speaking of No More Heroes, Dave, I have taken a plunge and bought No More Heroes 3. Yeah. Good. <laughs> you knew I would. It's yeah. just as... Just as... Just as B-movie as the other ones. It's... it's Terrible, it looks bad, but it's so much fun. I <laughs> love the wacky story and the action, but yeah, you would hate it, you would absolutely hate it. So it's, it's not the wackiness I hate, so like I do like Shadows of the Shadows of the Damned, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. And they're proper bonkers. But like, I think it was on the was it on the Wii, I can't remember on the move, I played it, and I just got fed up with all the waggling and waving after a bit, and it's just like, yeah, the object I'm done. I loved it all. That's the no. one game where I really got into the fact you had to do uh, yeah. waggling, basically. Yeah. Loved it. 
but yeah, there's no wacky on this. I haven't used the Joy Cons because my Joy Cons barely function now. Bloody pieces yeah. of shit. So I'm using uh, my trusty Pro Pad, which is a bit more traditional, obviously. But yeah, yeah. Just, just crazy, empty map, terrible handling of the bike. Uh, <laughs> terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible. But when you get into the fights, I love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, it seems un- unforgivable nowadays to have games where the cars and motorbikes handle like shit. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like playing a three D platform with a bad camera nowadays. It's just it's there's no excuse, is there? It's not got a great camera either. Oh god. <laughs> is there any budget? I don't know what the budget is, or if that they've got the budget and he's just gone with this style. Because mm. it's very pseudo fifty one and it's very in keeping with the with the I mean it's it B movie in looks, B movie in concept, B movie in almost every aspect. Yeah. But, but and I and normally if it was the actual B movie, like I, I can't watch B movies very easily. Like low yeah. budget films, I I haven't got much time for them. But this something about this just clicks. I love it. It's it's an anomaly, it's an outlier for me. Eh? Uh, it doesn't sound like something I'd like to play. No. You you hated the first one, which I adored. I think at the time I was saying it's the best game on um, the Wii, ahead of like Galaxy mm-hmm. and all the other like stellar Nintendo output. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it. So much fun. And I'm enjoying this one so far. Well, I haven't played very much. I haven't had much time. But yeah, enjoying it. I also um, bought, remember we were talking about American Fugitive and how it's gone like to like just over a quid. Yeah. So I took the plunge on that. Well, hardly a plunge when it's a quid, is it? But yeah. Um, yeah, I bought that and I've played uh, about an hour of that. And that is good. It's very basic. Um, I'm doing very basic missions at the moment. Uh, yeah. It's top-down, sort of old-school GTA, but more 3D. You can swing the camera around. Uh, yeah, it's good fun. Good fun. Cool. I've been looking to pick that up myself, to be fair, but uh, I'll probably wait a bit longer. Mm. Clear some more of the backlog. I quite like that you can um, if I walk up to a house and you can like peep through the window or just smash through the window or break through the door yeah. if you if you peep first you can see if it's vacant and you go yeah. into the house and then the camera doesn't go into the house you just get like a, a floor plan of the house yeah and you're stood in one room and you can search it then you move to another room and you can like search it and you can escape through one of the windows but if you go into a room and somebody's in there it goes, oh, look, someone's in here. It only happens to be once, like, someone's in here and you have, like, options of what you want to do with them or how you want to treat the situation. Mm. It's good. And then you'll make your getaway. It's good. I am liking it. It has a, a lot more plot than I thought it was going to have. Really? Yeah, I thought it was good because when it always got compared to those old-school GTAs and I had yeah. zero recollection of any plot, recollection yeah. of any plot with those. So I thought it was going to be a bit mindless and go here, do this, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. But no, there's a, there's a lot more plot unfolding, which is quite good. It's not like GTA then where, like, you just constant, constantly get distracted and piss about between the missions. I haven't done that so far, but like I said, I've only played a little bit. So maybe it's going yeah. to open up more and give me more side missions to tinker with. But at the moment, okay. I'm just sticking to the main mission. Okay. It's good fun. I'll probably pick that up at some point. What for a quid? Can't go wrong. 
It won't be that cheap from PlayStation, but yeah, we'll grab it sooner or later. It pr- I don't, I don't. It's not often Nintendo go cheaper than PlayStation on anything, so it might go down to just over a pound. Yeah, I don't <laughs> see. It. I think it's been on sale a few times. I mean, like four or five pound, which is still cheap. It's still cheap. Mm. Right, let's talk about what you've been watching because you watched two. Th- no, you've watched three films that I really want to watch. One I can watch is I could literally go upstairs and stream it now, but I haven't yet. And two that I think one's at the cinema and one's been on Sky and I haven't watched it because I don't have Sky. So let's start with Cruella, the one I could actually watch if I wanted to. Spoiler free, please. It's going to ruin this fix. I said you text the other day, didn't I? Saying, can you guess which one was good or bad? Yes, you sent me a text saying I've seen Cruella and Candyman, the other film yeah. I want to see. And you said one was good and one was bad. So, Cruella, was it the good or the bad one? Well, what do you think? Oh, see, my gut says that Candyman's got more potential to be shit because it's a horror, and horror are either great or shit. So I'm yeah. going to say Cruella was the good one. Correct. Whee! Yeah, Cruella's just brilliant, to be fair. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, oh, it's like it's one of the top movies. Well, it could possibly be one of the top movies of the year, but um, it doesn't, without sounding like a div, it doesn't feel like a Disney movie. Okay. Um, it, to me, and I'm not just saying this because it's based in London, and it's a bit darker than Paddington, but it felt along the lines of Paddington. Okay. Like, really interesting, really good characters. Um, they all get a decent amount of screen time and good lines and good jokes. And, you know, like you're actually in- interested in all the characters, and especially, like, the... the, um, the, um, the Baroness, which is, like, um, turns out to be Cruella's nemesis, mm. and by Emma Thompson. I mean, she's just... Brilliant. She's so watchable every time she's on the screen. Mm. Um, the film looks amazing. It's just shot beautifully. There's a couple of moments where you like, ooh, like the CGI, like they use a lot of CGI on the dogs, which I didn't like. Mm. But obviously, I don't, well, I say obviously, I don't know enough about dog training, but some of the stuff they use the dogs, CGI dogs for is obvious. And then there's other times when I think, well, couldn't they just got a dog to sit next to her and look up at her? Like, <laughs> is it that tough? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it was just really good. Very, very good movie. And some I'd definitely watch again, 100%. My daughter mm. loved it as well. I was going to ask you if you watched it with any of your kids, because... Yeah, yeah, that's why I watched it, because like, we were sitting downstairs, and she likes to watch films with me. Mm. And um, but she, she was trying to watch Sicario. I mean, I was like, you can't really watch this. <laughs> <laughs> she no, would, and then when she came in the next day, she's like, we're going to finish watching that film. I was like... <sighs> you know what I mean? Which one, Sicario? Yeah, yeah. Did she start watching it then? She came down when I was watching it. Oh, right. And she was she was proper, like, sitting there watching it. I was like, well, there's no real, you know, like, rude bits in there. But I, I did make her, like, go out of the room when that scene happened, you know, when the cop and her in that. But yeah. I let her watch it. And when she came back, I'd, I'd finished watching it because I thought she ain't going to watch it. She came back and was like, we're going to finish watching that film. I was like, oh, my God. So <laughs> I, I just let, I let her wa- finish watching it. Because I thought it's not horror. I don't have bad dreams or anything. And I don't want people to listen to this going. Um, we'll, we, we'll, hang on, let's revisit this when we talk about Sicario later. Yeah. Let's kind of but, find out what she made of that end scene. But basically, yeah, Cruella is a must-watch film for Disney. Not just for Disney fans. For most people, it's just a really good film. Emma Stone's fantastic in it. I mean, really good. Mm. So who's um, this pitched out? Because you hear Cruella and it's based on like, the villain from 101 Dalmatians, a film from, what, 1950 yeah. something? Cartoon yeah. for kids. And then Corella comes along, and it doesn't look like it's aimed at the same audience at all. 
but it seems like it's the concept of it is it's not really pitched at the older audience. Where do you think this lands? Because I wasn't sure what to expect. Or I'm I not think sure any, what to anybody expect. who loved the original will love this. I mean, my mate told me he loved it when he went to watch it, and like I was because me and him have very different tastes. Mm. But I watched it, and I was like, um, yeah, that was a very, very good film. Um, I don't know. I think everybody should enjoy it. It's like a pre-equal, and she's like, I can't say anything about ruining it, really, because I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But she's mm. kind of like good and bad. She's like, you can see why you can't speak too much about it about ruining it for people who haven't gone in because you don't want to ruin anything with it. But it's, it is, a, like I say, the way Emma Stone plays the part's really, really good. I mean, I can't say too much because I don't want to ruin it because there's a little twist in there. Okay, no, don't, don't then. I will, uh, I will hold the fire and watch it myself because I do want to watch that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Top film though. Must see film in my opinion. Okay, so that means Candyman was shit. It wasn't shit, but it wasn't very good either. Um, mm. um, I can't explain it. Like, really, in the original... You've seen the original, haven't you? Yes, seen the original. A long time ago, though. I barely so, remember it. So in the original, you're kind of like... You're always thinking, is it her or is it actually Candyman killing them? You kind of have that vibe, mm. don't you? Like, is she doing it in her sleep and that? In this, you basically find out straight or almost straight away that it's at, yeah, there is an actual Candyman killing people. There's kind of a couple of flashback scenes, and then there's just stuff in there that just didn't need to be in there. Like one of the characters just gets this like one minute flashback um, about her father committing suicide, and like it just doesn't fit in with the film at all. And and just I can't explain it. Like the ending, it just felt like being punched in the... I mean, don't get me wrong, I know there's a lot going on in America and obviously in England about equality and um, um, the Black Lives Matter movement and that. And I'm all on board with everything like that, you know, taking the knee, Black Lives Matter movement and that. But the, the film, in my opinion, Candyman, seemed more interested in its social commentary than an actual decent story. Okay. Um, I was not expecting to hear that. Yeah, I mean, the, the story just pissed poor and just like... The way the kind of like make out that there's there's always going to need to be a Candyman, and like it's made out that this one chap sets up other people to to like kind of help bring back the Candyman, and it's just and then the ending's like really on the nose, like and it's 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 right what happens like at the end, like this the cops just come in and they just the bloke who's been set up to be Candyman just gets killed. Mm. The cop comes in, doesn't ask any questions. He's lying on the floor and he just shoots him because he's got the hook in his hand. Mm. And the ticker in the car and they're like, this can get two ways, you either agree with us and they're all white coppers and that and um, or we can make you an accomplice. And um, she's like, what? Like, like, as if to say, like, no, you just shot him and he's trying to make say to her, no, you're going to say that he attacked my friend so he shot him. Mm. And um, I thought to myself, it's just, oh, I make no sense now. Because, like, I know it's like being pedantic and anal, but, you know, like nowadays with, with crime scene investigation and that, they could tell where someone's been shot because the blood splatter. Mm-hmm. So they'd know someone was shot on the floor, wouldn't they, to opposed to being shot while standing? Yeah, they would. So it kind of pissed me off a little bit that they'd gone down that route. Like, they made out that that, that's, that line came out. And then, and then but then she if you've got a room to... full of cops and someone else saying this is what happened, would they even investigate it beyond that? Oh, God. God knows, mate. And plus, like, he he does look like he's the killer because he's had contact with almost everyone who's died. Mm. But 
And then she, like, she's in the car, and she's kind of, um, kind of look in the mirror, and you're like, what the fuck, like, so she says Candyman four times, and in between, this cop is going, what are you saying, what are you saying that for, and then at the end, he goes, can you just say Candyman, and then he turns up, and these other coppers run out of the building, and he's already killing them, and I thought, but hang on, it don't work like that, does it, because he's only said it once, she said it four times, and it's like the change of the logic of the film, like, mm. in certain points, and I just thought, yeah, I just thought, just, yeah. He, I, I went with my mate, and he came out, and he looked at me, and I says, he says, what did you think? And I went, that was a bad movie. And he went, yeah, I thought that. <laughs> Disappointing. Yeah, just, yeah, very. And then, like, I, I read the IGN review, and I think they give it 9 out of 10. And I thought, I know everyone has different tastes, but I thought, because I've seen a review for some else on that, I think they give something a 4 out of 10. I was like, I just, I'll get some people. I know there's different reviewers and that, but I thought, mm. There's no way that's a top, top, top horror for me. It has nice little moments, like, you know, like some really gory kills and stuff and the ending's really nasty and that. But, like, there's no... It hasn't got to have an amazing story to be horror, but there's got to be a story there. You <laughs> just don't feel like there's anything there. Mm. That's a shame, because the, the trailers might look really good and some of the, the like, quotes they were throwing around made it sound like mm. it had done a good job. I was really looking forward to it, and it is beautiful. The film shot so lovely, and the start with the camera—it's like kind of got an upside down. I think it's meant to look like a mirrored, mirrored world, which mm. is obviously Candyman. But um, it's, it just looks amazing. But yeah, it just—it was boring. Oh, it didn't land. Not for me, it didn't. There's people behind me going, "Oh my God, the storytelling this is on a different level." Because at the end, the like original Candyman turns up for like ten seconds, and I was like, "It's just not like watch them at like Hereditary or Midsummer, and then talk about storytelling." Because that those two are both streets ahead of Candyman, yeah. And Get Out, which is another Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele didn't direct Candyman; he think he produced it. But Get Out's just a phenomenal movie and filmmaking, mm. filmmaking, storytelling. And book. yeah. Mm. Well, well. Well, the other film you watched is another social commentary from, I would say, more linked with the Me Too movement, but Promising Young Woman. Oh, yeah. Without spoilers, because um, I'm desperate to watch this film. Can't yeah. wait for it to come to something I, I'm already subscribed to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Promising, Woman, Promising Young Woman looks fantastic. I saw it trailered a while ago. I heard yeah. uh, the Mark Commode review uh, ages ago. I've been, I've been waiting for it to come around. So where did you watch this? I'm guessing it was linked to your Sky subscription. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the trailer, I can't remember, when they released the first trailer, and I thought, wow, that looks really, really good. And I sent it to my mate. He's like, I don't like the look of that. And I said, no, I think there's something really dark and sinister about this. I think it's going to be very, very good. And mate, and obviously it wasn't. It is fantastic. Mm. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. It's... It's... Um, don't be fooled by it's like candy floss looks because it's shot. There's no like dark filters or anything. It's shot normal. It's quite colourful. She's quite um where you know she doesn't she doesn't come across as depressed or anything like that or mean. Mm. You know what I mean? Like she's she's kind of like I can't explain it. It's not like if you watch another vengeance film. It's not like that. It's shot really colourful. Like like I was saying at times with some of the music and that. There's like pop music and stuff in there, and I was like, I'll be fooled by that because underneath all that, this is a really, really dark tale, and mm. 
Carrie Mulligan, who I've always thought is brilliant, she's just fantastic in it. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. And so I guess we should explain the film a little bit. I mean, Corelli well, is self-explanatory, and Candyman people probably have a bit of knowledge on, but Promising Young Woman's not as in the limelight, I don't think, as others. No. No, well, basically, um, it's about... It's basically about how men... Um, well, obviously not all, but a lot of men are shitbags in the fact that they will try and take advantage of vulnerable women. And um, it starts out, she's in a club and she's like falling over the bar and these three dudes are like, oh my God, look at the mess. And then you see her uncross her legs and you can see her, her underwear. And um, then the like, um, oh my God. So the one guy who seems like a nice guy at the free goes, oh, to ask the key begging in mind. And he's like, do you need a taxi back? And she's like, no, 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 no. And obviously she's pretending to be drunk and he's like, mm. no, no, I'll get your taxi back. So they're getting this Uber or whatever. And then so far on the ride, he, he must just think, well, so she says, hey, yeah, go back for hours for more drinks. Now, the first thing you know about this girl is if she is this drunk, she don't need no more drinks. <laughs> she needs yeah. like water and food or I, I don't know what the... Um, Savoring so fast to be fair. <laughs> I drink water so I'm not sick, basically, but... Um, usually I, I think food helps doesn't it but anyway he does that so they go back and then he's um, he, he pours two drinks and hers is full and he's on there a little bit and like he, he just starts like kissing her and she's not kissing him back and it's just re- even though it's shot like to be quite funny it's, I was watching it and it was just it's so creepy and mm. I think that's what they're going for like if you're watching it you're not thinking this is disgusting and creepy then there's something wrong with you <laughs> It's really, like I say, it's a really, really good film. The time, it just flew by. Really flew by. And the ending is so good. Fantastic. Oh, I'm desperate to see that film. I really want to see that film. It'll be on normal TV at some point. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of film. Or Netflix or Prime. Yeah, Netflix or Prime. I think it will come to Prime first. It's got that sort of Prime vibe to it. Mm. Or Film 4. I think it will pop up in Film 4 at some point. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Anyway, the fourth film you watched, <laughs> Malignant. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> What's that noise? So bad. Oh, really? So bad. Yeah, it was just really... I mean, James Wan's made some bangers the last few years. made some really good horror. I know you didn't like Aquaman, but I enjoyed Aquaman. It was like cheesy B-movie, but with some really good action and stuff. I haven't seen Fast and Furious because I just don't watch those movies. But... Yeah, like, James Wan's got this kind of, like, reputation as being, like, not the king of horror, but, like, one of the main Hollywood main horror, mate. Yeah, proper, yeah. And um, I've read some reviews and some people said, but that's what he was going for, like, a B-movie, bad acting, um, silly silly plot and all this, like, that was what he went for. But he just didn't, nah, for me, just, it, it just was so bad. Like, in the first five minutes, I, I was, like, this is going to be poor, this is, this is going to be really bad. And my mate said to me at the end when we came out, he says, I knew in the first five minutes that was going to be bad, Dave. I was the same way. We're like, we was laughing mm-hmm. at parts in the film again and I thought we was pissing people off because I couldn't stop, you know, when his shoulders start going. Yeah. <laughs> my shoulders started going, then he started laughing and then I just ended up bursting out laughing really loud, like cackling. Well, it's not and, a comedy, um, I'm guessing. It sounds like it's a horror. Yeah, and like there was no tension. I read a review and someone says it was so intense, and then I thought, no, I am one of those people when I watch horrors. I get all nervy. Mm-hmm. I love horror, so that's why I watch horror and comedy a lot. So I like to either be laughing my head off or shit scared. And it didn't scare me 
at all. I didn't jump once, and I'm very jumpy. Um, uh, and when the reveal came at the end, me and my mate, we just... I mean, there's one scene. She's driving towards this hospital, this mental hospital, whatever it's called. And she's driving, and she's like, wow. And it's like daylight. And then, literally, you can see it. It's probably about 10 minutes away. And when she pulls up, it's pitch black. <laughs> my mate started laughing and I burst out laughing so then she goes in this abandoned hospital and it's pitch black and she like looks at the listing on the wall because she's trying to get to archives and she's like basement and she's like oh typical like, oh. so she's making a, a, a break in the fourth wall kind of joke not but not not like addressing the audience but like mm. you know what I mean mm. like as if to say oh that's a horror trope and then um, she's in the basement and she finds this she finds this box off the finger and then she, the first file is the file she's after and I was like just I was going, oh, my God. <laughs> and then she hears this bang, and you're like, oh. And then all of a sudden, she's back at her house watching the videos that she's just found. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I know you're kind of trying to be a bit... Like, I felt like they were trying to go for that B-movie vibe at the halfway point. But I thought, well, come on. This is just like, oh, And... You know, we came out and Jazz said to me, so just go pop to the toilet. And he went to the toilet. And these four young people came, like two couples came out together. And they went, oh, my God, that was really, really good, wasn't it? He says, apart from the ending, I really, really liked that. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I thought, like, you know what? It's every, everyone's entitled to their own opinions and stuff. But I thought, oh, I don't know. Anyone can say that was a good film. Just I could have walked out at the halfway point, honestly. Really, that bad? Yeah, and there's this mad action sequence at the end, like you know Aquaman at the start when it's coming to take her from the house, mm. and it does that one shot stuff. Really good action sequence that is. Even if you hate the film, you've got to appreciate the camera movement and that. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? This is a horror film, and this this thing is doing kung fu on everyone. <laughs> and like at one point, the thing picks up this chair, and the two cops who get you know looks to kill every cop. But then the two hero cops can't kill them first time, can you? They're a struggle. <laughs> so, like, they're running off because they know they can't beat it. And it, it kind of, like, gets this chair and I thought, oh, it's going to smash a window and jump out the window. And it does a spin and throws the chair and the camera pans out and it throws it across the room at the coppers and it hits them and they land on the floor and my mate Jazz just burst out laughing. So I started laughing. He's like, why the fuck would he do that? Or <laughs> it do that, I should say. He's like, why the fuck would it do? And I was like, Jazz, I just want to go. And he says, I think it's nearly done. I says, like, it's got to be managed. Just bad. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's some really good like um, practical effects in that in there. But yeah, just oh god, it's just yeah, not. So yeah, too bad. Horror really movies. on a really bad run on the horror movies at the moment. Well, I'll say that I watched quickly. I watched Freddy Part Two and Three. And two wasn't very good, but three was. Decent to be fair, and they're like from 1984, I think, in 1985 or six and or seven, I should I say, and um, they're just better than that. And I was just like, but yeah, to each own. If someone gets something from it, that's a good thing for some people. Mm. For me, it was just a bad movie. So, Cruella and Promising Woman recommended the Candyman, and maybe yeah, no, no, <laughs> not in my opinion, anyway. Okay, moving on from the films then, let's talk about this. Did we talk about the Sony Showcase already? We haven't already. Sony Showcase no. 2021. Um, let's just do the highlights. Let's just talk about 
the opening of the show, which was some weird chess Sony promotion advert thing, which failed. Yeah, that was just a terrible advert. It was weird. <laughs> but the first game they showed off was Eve something or other. Yeah, um, Project Eve, or was it? Yeah, Eve, something like that, wasn't it? Something like that. And <laughs> it looks like Bayonetta a lot. Yeah, we both like said that, Bayonetta. didn't we? We just yeah, kind we, of in sync on that. Yeah, we both sort of think this is a bit Bayonetta. It wasn't yeah. interesting to me, but the more the trailer went on, the more interested I got. Yes, um, I agree with that totally. This could come out before BO3, you know. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Well, um, the showed gameplay. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, where what has happened to Bayonetta 3? It's just, I haven't seen it for years now. Has it been more than two years? Yeah, I think that's. I think it was a bit naughty of Nintendo and... Was it Sega or was it just Nintendo? Because, well, it's Nintendo and Platinum, isn't it? They kind of get your hopes up. And on this type of video, too, might have... I know we've got a switch upstairs, but I'm the type of idiot who might have jumped in on that, and then it's not. It do, I don't even think it's going to happen, honestly. I don't think it's going to happen this generation. It will happen at the end, and it'll it be like happen. on Switch and Switch Two, whatever. I'm sure it will happen. We'll Definitely. see. But back to Eve. I, I thought the enemy design was fantastic and um, very gory, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but it, but. It looked, it did, I'm not saying it looked like amazing, but it looked good. It looked like it, that would really, um, you know, satisfy my Bayonetta craving. Well, yeah, it would. I mean, it's practically Bayonetta. Yeah. I mean, not just in style and gameplay, the lead character has got the long black hair yeah. and like an, an impossibly shaped body. <laughs> yeah. And just doing all the Bayonetta stuff. I mean, it is, yeah. it is like Nintendo have pinched, or they haven't pinched, they've... Bayonetta 3 was going nowhere, so Nintendo stepped in and gave it the money to finish. Yeah. So it's now an exclusive to Nintendo. So Sony, yeah. I think, have just come along and gone, well, well, we want something to replace that. Yeah. Here you go. I don't know if that's just... If it first party, if first party or exclusive, but... It was shown at Sony's conference, mm. and it, I hope it's not an exclusive because I don't really—I'm not really big on the third-party games being exclusives. If them timed, you know, for six months or a year, then yeah, I suppose that's okay to an extent. But mm. you know, I think games like that they need to be multi-platform to try and enhance the sales as much as possible. Yeah, I think if Sony have stepped in and helped fund it then I think they've every right to claim it as an exclusive yeah, for a set that's time. that's completely different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I totally agree with you there, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, because I don't think there's a release date, but it, mm. um, it, to me, it was one of them games that really, really intrigued me, so mm. I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more on that, to be honest with you. Mm, yeah, that, that, looks, that looks all right. After that, I barely remember any trailers. I don't think any of them piqued my interest until it got to the exclusives. Yes, I agree. Yeah, the Sony exclusives looked well there was only one game we didn't but know we didn't, about let's not get over excited because although it was the unveilings were exciting announcements we didn't see much did we we didn't see much but that's I don't know it's like that's that's kind of good for me it's like teaser yeah, I, know I don't you want mean, to see everything like, well, let's start off with the first one which we think was Marvel Wolverine mm. And I think I said straight away, didn't I, when I seen the bar, is this Wolverine? And, like, obviously, I probably ruined that for you when I said that. <laughs> but um, it turned out to be Wolverine. And um, I don't know what to say because you don't know if it's going to be an open world game, um, more of a um, linear game, like, you know, um, 
oh, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but, you know, like a third-person action game, or if it's going to be a bit like Uncharted, where there's certain hubs that are open that you can I, roam around. I so, want Uncharted. That's what I want. I want something like that. Lead me yeah. through it. We'll see. We'll see. It, it won't be open world, I don't think. So I'm not mm. sure because obviously with open world, you need a good um, traversal mechanic and movement, and Wolverine's not going to have that. Like, in my opinion, no. So it um, could be open world in the sense, not less like Uncharted, but more like um, God of War was. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, like the last Uncharted, that that didn't. It had those certain sections where you got in the jeep, and it was quite open world, like a hub. Well, Uncharted felt like you were going along a path and every so often you would hit like a big open bit open. and then you would yeah, get what I mean. funneled out of it but God of War was more like a central hub more like Mario Galaxy but it's a central hub yeah. and you'd, you'd dart off in different directions like a spider's web that would be better if they did something like God of War that kind mm. of open world yeah that would be much better mm. but um, I don't, there's not much to say about it apart from it, took, it was a really exciting announcement but to me if, which the next announcement which was Spider-Man 2 was shown for 2023, then that means Wolverine's not coming out until at least 2024. Yeah, which is you know, so long away. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, it's, it's 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 exciting, but to me, that was Sony, like, clutching at straws a little bit because they didn't have anything they wanted to show before then, but it was kind of like saying, look at what we've got. And that will drive sales because, obviously, Marvel is a huge kind of, like, property at the moment. So that will drive sales, just and word of mouth will be going probably quite crazy about that. Mm. How come it's exclusive? Because Insomniac making it. Yeah, but I mean, why? I mean, I know Sony, in a weird quirk, own the rights to Spider-Man outside of Marvel. Which the is movie why, rights. Yeah, the, well, the rights to Spider-Man in all um, media, isn't it? It's games and films. So any... That's why the Spider-Man films, though he's in the MCU, aren't on Disney because Disney own Marvel, but they don't quite own Spider-Man. No, Sony own obviously the Spider-Man films, and I think they have to make one every so many years to keep the rights. Yeah, so they but, they've they've got that. So I get why that's exclusive to Sony. But... Well, I look at two things. Well, the first thing I look at is obviously the Star Wars games. Apart from Jedi Fallen Order, they haven't done fantastic for EA. So. So Disney are probably going to look at that and go, we're not quite happy with the sales numbers there until Jedi Fallen Order. And then they're probably looking at the Marvel property and they've seen what's happened to that Avengers game and gone, fuck, you know, that's our biggest property, man. <laughs> and the numbers haven't been big enough. You know, like Square Enix totally balls that up. Well, the games haven't been good game. enough either. Yeah. And then they're probably looking at what um, Sony and Insomniac did with Spider-Man and it's just sold gangbusters. And then obviously they've released Mars Morales, which is still selling like stupid numbers on PS4 and PS5. And they probably thought, you know what? Let's give, let's, let, if Sony have approached them, if they've approached Sony and says, do you want to make another game? They might have said to them, take your pick. <laughs> Even though like Square Enix are making Guardians of the Galaxy, which look quite good at the Sony show. But they might have done that. Mm. Or Sony might have approached them and says, look, we're splitting this team into two. I don't know if they are doing that. Is there another Marvel property? We want to make a Marvel, our own little Marvel cinematic universe, and Marvel might be like, "Well, you know what?" Because they've said it, haven't they? In some like the Wolverine is part of the Spider-Man universe, so maybe Marvel have thought, "Yeah, we will go with that." Mm. Do you think this is leading up to? Because obviously there was Spider-Man on PlayStation Four, then there was the sequel Spider-Man Mars Morales, and now in Spider-Man Two, which got shown, yeah. it's both. 
Miles Morales and Peter Parker, the two yeah. Spider-Men together with yeah. Venom, which was very exciting to see. Yeah. And then they're doing the Wolverine film um, game. Okay. Do you think next time they're going to bring that all together in one game? Do you think that's possible? Yeah. Do you think they'll link them? I don't think they'll like, link them up, but I think there will be like cameos. You think? Yeah, I think they'll definitely like a cameo or something. And Wait, then don't, don't be shocked. Go on. If, if the next game they're going to get, if they're going to get another Marvel license, it's probably going to be something daft like Deadpool. Because yeah, Deadpool and Wolverine, they've got this. There's, I think there's something there. Cause I'm not a big Marvel fan, but I think that I, I remember seeing of the comics. You mean? Yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen something where somewhere where them two kind of like have a love hate relationship or something daft like that. Mm. But um, so that'd be. I'm not saying that it will happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if it did happen. Whereabouts in the like geographically does Wolverine like exist? Because over Spider Man's New York. Where's Wolverine? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, isn't the uh, Doctor Xavier's house for gifted children in the suburb? Is it the suburbs? Is that what they call it of New York? You know where they're like. Oh, is it? It's okay. all nice. I'm sure it is. Because he New strikes York State, me. Is it? Um, Wolverine strikes me like he would be from like I don't know, like Midwest America, with his lumberjack shirt and sort of deserty yeah setting. But I, I'm not sure about that because mm. obviously. I just know he was like a soldier, wasn't he? He was killed in action or... or soft. I don't know if he was killed in action. I don't know. Like I told, he, I told you this before. He decided to opt in for this experiment. But mm. I'm not... Like I said, I'm not fully... Often running, you know what I mean, on the Marvel Universe, but... I couldn't tell you where Wolverine from, to be honest with you. But it'd be interesting to see, like you say, if they do bring them together, how they do it and what... You know, if it's just cameos, I'm not sure. Mm. It does excite me, though, to be fair. Mm. And the Spider-Man 2 trail out, was it in-game? Or was it CGI, do you think? I think I think CGI. Because you, yeah, really you didn't really see any, anything that you, I would assume was gameplay. Like, a, what I meant was, like, game graphics, but cinematic. Oh, okay. You think maybe using the game engine to create the yes, cinematics? Yes, the game engine to make the cinematics. You know, like Uncharted looks at the dog's bollocks and the cinematics. Ooh, I don't know. It could be. I reckon it could be used the game engine. Yeah, I hope could, so. That's what I was thinking. It could be, but yeah. But that is our PS5 only game, isn't it? Yeah, both of them are. And it's single player. Mm. Oh, they, have they confirmed single player now? Not yeah, I'm sure I saw a tweet the other day saying that, which I am happy about, to be fair. Mm. And then we had Gran Turismo. Oh yeah, Gran Turismo. Almost forgot. This is. I'll leave yeah. this to you, Dave. <laughs> I just thought it looked. Better. I watched a four K video the next day of it, and I thought it did look even better in four K. I know it's got its lovers and its hates. So I'm in the love camp, obviously. Um, and it was so nice to see them go back to the roots with the original kind of Gran Turismo setup with like the map, the, the shops, and then. I think there's a rest break and there's like a wheel shop and all all that kind of stuff. It was nice to see them going back to the roots to build a really good single player game, hopefully. Mm. And then obviously with Grand Turismo Sport, they have really got their online mode sorted as well. So hopefully that is going to be like a robust package. And I think that will be, what do they call it, a gas game, like games as a service? That will be, that's why I think they want it out in March. And that's literally going to have, what, five, six, seven years of, Season passes and DLC available 
and I think that's if if Sony do make them get out for March, I think that is very good on a business perspective a very good move by Sony because it, think it does just, do big numbers. You've just put me off it really with that um, season pass talk. I was but that will only feel like the multiplayer that will it'll probably have some single player content and it'll mm. probably have like um, I'm not saying it will have a season pass because. It might just be car packs when you want to upgrade and stuff, yeah, you yeah. know, when you want to buy more stuff and more tracks and whatnot. I not 100% on that, but, and it's PS4, PS5, so, which is a clever move as well, because if you get it on PS4 and then you do eventually get a PS5, you pay for the, what is it, a $10, £10 upgrade and you just take all your content with you along mm. and you're still in that ecosystem. Mm. I think the last one of these games I bought was PlayStation 3. And it must. It was the one that um, it might have been GTA Three. Was that PlayStation Three? Mm-hmm. And I, I did get really into that. I mean, I wasn't working at the time, so it was easier. I even used to do those twenty-four hour races. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you could save in those now on the new on the PS4 Five. Yeah, you could before. Could you? You could. You could put the car no. on auto and just manage it like management mode. Yeah, I think that's in the new one as well. Cause they mm. showed you that bird's eye view, didn't they? Mm. But yeah. Um, that looked great, and then obviously the, the biggest reveal was the final one, wasn't it? Uh, where my notes? What my, oh, no, hang on. What we what we what my missed? God of War. Yeah. I thought we'd spoken about it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, God of War, <laughs> Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on my list, it's like second after Eve, but we skipped to Wolverine. But yeah, yeah, God of War, Ragnarok. Quite a lot shown, really, or not like gameplay, but characters and story and. Hints and that stuff. Yeah. What did you reckon when that massive guy stood up? The Norse. Oh, yeah. Was it Tyr, his name? Uh, I don't remember, that, to be honest. The Nor- that was the, uh, what's it called? The Norse God of War. Norse God of War, that was it, yeah. Yeah, um, towers above yeah. Kratos. Yeah, but that's not going to bother Kratos, is it? He's no. a god killer. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I think some people would probably be like, oh, shit. As if, and I'm thinking, I'll watch it and thought, that's if they fight. It could be on the. It could be on your no, side. They're not going to fight, are they? I think that was kind of like a moment where they. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to be like on side, same mm. side. Mm. But um, I think visually, it, it didn't blow me away visually. Um, apart from that, a couple of those shots when he was in the villages, you know, mm. and that one when he was looking down on that like landscape, the vista I was like, wow. Mm. But detail. It doesn't fuss me too much because I think the last one looked the bollocks anyway, to be honest with you. And if it oh, just yeah. looks a bit better and runs smoother, then yeah, that's fine. You know, I don't expect these huge generational leaps every time. I, I do expect them to look a bit better, mm. but not like, oh my God, you know, like from PS2 to PS3, that was a gigantic leap to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect that anymore. Well, it, go on, sorry. This is going to be PlayStation 4 too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which was a, I was surprised about. I thought this was going to be PlayStation Five only. Yeah. Why they announced it was PS Four, PS Five a while back? Yeah, but they. I just. I think maybe it's in my head, but I feel like it's going to hold it back a little bit. Maybe I'm not too fussed as long as it because I don't know if you if you knew this, but this is the final part in this story. Yeah, I was surprised by that. It's the final part of the Norse chapter. Which yeah. makes it I'm sound not. like they're moving to another um, mytho- well, mythology. Well, they'll retire Kratos for probably a few years now. I think because Cory Borlog 
got Barlog, so he gave off hints that he was kind of working on another project, mm. leading another project, because he's not directing this, obviously. Yeah, but, but that um, was news too, wasn't it? He, he, that, I think it was assumed he was the director on this. Yes, I thought that. I, I yeah. think we all thought that. And then it turns but out... Someone found a tweet of his from like two years ago where he said the director's name. It says, watch this space. No, but yeah, I think he said, remember the name such and such. Brian, something awesome like that, wasn't he? But yeah. either way, um, I am quite happy because there was a rumour last week that the game was going to be 30 to 40 hours long. I was like, wow, that's mega long. And then I thought, well, when I found out that was the last part, I thought, well, that makes sense because they're going to tie it all up in one game. And to be fair, if it is 30 hours just to do the story, let's say, then fucking hell. Mm-hmm. That is one heck of a package, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, um, it looked really good. Um, I, I was a bit shocked. The only thing that did shock me a bit was that we will find out in the game is I thought Atreus there would have been a third part because he's still quite young in this game I thought we'd have got to a point where he became like a young man to finish it off and maybe we'll have that in this game maybe we'll get to a certain point in the game where we'll have like a kind of so many years later point I don't think we will but just imagine if we did and then it does fast forward time like and you're kind of like uh, Atreus is older I think that could happen Big leap forward in time could happen. Yeah. So where do you think God of War will go next? Where will Kratos pop up? I don't know. Um, Probably a looter shooter. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, There was rumours of Egypt, wasn't there, before the start of the Norse mythology, but I don't think that will happen. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I really like the Greek stuff, I'll be honest. But you can't really go back there. It's all done. It's done, yeah. It's Obviously, rinsed. Norse will be done. I don't know much about it all, to be honest with you. Like, um, apart from outside of the Greece and the Norse, like, I don't, I didn't really know there was a big Egyptian kind of mythology like that. Like, obviously there was, but I don't know anything about it. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, there's probably more, isn't there? Um, you know, like, yeah, you couldn't, having, loads. You couldn't do anything. Obviously like say Japanese, Chinese and that oh not Chinese, sorry, but Japanese or Oriental because obviously they've, they've got ghosts. So like you're kind of treading on toes. Yes. And so like I don't know, I don't know where you go with it. Okay, Egypt's probably a, a logical step. Yeah. Could have spells. It would be a big change from the Norse because that's all like snowy and well, Scandinavian, yeah. isn't it really? Like that sort of look. And Egypt's yeah. certainly not that. We'll see. It's it's either anyway, whatever they do, it's going to be if when they do like bring him back after this VB four, five, six years, whatever, it's going to be very, very intriguing. PlayStation Six launch. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there was one more announcement, wasn't there? The Uncharted Four and Uncharted Lost Legacy remasters. Mm. Which, which you know, are, so recent. I don't know what they did for you. It was, it was like a massive met from me because I thought well I've got them anyway why can't you just drop off 60 frames per second patch and leave it at that they've done it for their other games that's not what I wanted to see from Naughty Dog I'll be honest no no mate I mean if they are working on the last of us uh, remake I think you won't see a trailer for that until next year mm. well that's it they've got to um, pace it because there was stuff they didn't show they didn't show and I'm glad they didn't because I've seen enough of Horizon, yeah, they didn't, they didn't show that. They didn't show that 
game which must be out soon, that cute game with the little um the young girl protagonist like cartoony and she brings Forrester bits back to life. What's it called? Can I bridge the spirits? That's the one. I can't I wait for this month. This month yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's out in September. Hang on, that's but the problem with that now is with the Alan Wake announcement, I'm like, kind of like, oh, if I can only afford one of those two, it's going to be Alan Wake. Oh, yeah, Alan Wake. Let's talk about Alan Wake, because I forgot about that. But, yeah, that's being remade and released on PlayStation yeah. for the first time ever. It was a, yeah. it was an Xbox exclusive before. But, yeah, yeah, we've both played this in a brief, yes. brief time of having a uh, Xbox. 360. Yeah, Xbox 360. And then it was unavailable for a little while, wasn't it, on Xbox? Unless you owned the disc, you couldn't download it anymore because of some weird yeah. licensing issue around the music. It stopped it from yeah. being possible. But yeah, Sony is coming back to Sony. Is it coming out on Xbox as well, this remaster? Which is yeah, 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 it's coming out on all platforms. Mm. I'm pretty sure it is. But um, don't get me wrong, I couldn't tell you, like how improved the remaster was because I didn't really it was too fast the trailers you couldn't really I'd have to see it side by side I've heard some people say it is night and day between the two and I'm like oh, I'm not sure about that it didn't look like night and day to me but I haven't got the sharpest eye to be fair <laughs> but um, it was a very exciting announcement because obviously me and you were, I wouldn't say we're like mega fans but we're both big fans of the original game aren't we we both really really loved it mm. so um yeah, and I was shopping around and looking for it. I found it for £22.50 on base.com. £22.50? Yeah. yeah what, the new one? Yeah, and I might remaster. What PS5? Just 22 quid. Yeah, because I was going to pre order it and then I'm like, oh, I've got £7.50 at the game collection, so I'm hoping they're going to like announce it. And then if they do, I'll, I'll order it with them and use my £7.50. But if they don't, then I'm just going to have to like. Buy it off base.com instead. That's mad. Cheap, it's so cheap. cheap. Yeah, that is very good. Just trying to find Keynote on um, Amazon, but it's not coming out. It's not there. It's digital only. You can't get It's not going to be a hard copy release? Not not for a few months. I've, I think someone said it is going to get a disc release, but not for a while. That's why like, I'm kind of like, I might wait to buy the disc version of that. Yeah, I think I'm going to. I want, I want the disc. I know it's old school and if there's younger people listening they'll be like oh my god just yeah. download it I'm old get over it I want a disc no I, I like that if I can get it on disc and there's an option I'd rather buy it on disc yeah but you still buy films on disc yeah yeah not as many as I used to but I do buy some of my favourites mm. and that was a good segue into our films <laughs> here we go full of the segues <laughs> today <laughs> yes let's uh, yeah. move on from uh, Sony Showcase and talk Film Club so these are the films we picked last time. This is Akira on Netflix. Sicario. Akira, Akira. <laughs> Akira on Netflix. Sicario on Prime. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Akira. It's Netflix. That's yeah. our tradition. These are full spoilers. These were. This is the film club you were supposed to have watched with us. So yeah, full spoilers basically. Akira, a nineteen eighty-eight. I want to say. Japanese anime. I've been wanting to see this since I was a teenager. I've been seeing images of it for that long in like games yeah. magazines and just pop culture stuff. Um, yeah, it's very iconic. It's so iconic. I feel like it's the first like breakthrough anime from Japan. 
certainly that I remember. Um, because I mean, I knew about it and I had never seen it. That's how that's how quite cheap. I'll tell you a quick interesting fact. Go for it. Akira was the most expensive animation ever made. Um, five point, I think it was five point five million yen or US dollars. The following year, that record was broken by. Have a guess. What year did it come out? Eighty-eight. Was I right? No, I think it was eighty-eight, wasn't it? Yeah. So the next year, so eighty-nine. It was broken. Out? The most expensive animation. Oh. It was a Ghibli film. Oh, it was a Ghibli film. Oh, yeah. Totoro. Nope. Totoro oh. is well older than that. Totoro is eighty-two, isn't it? Oh my it god! My really? favourite. Kiki's delivery service. That cost that much more to make. That's what they said on the uh, on the wiki page. Bloody hell! Anyway, anyway give you an yeah. interesting fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we've just mentioned two films which I think are much better than Akira. But, oh, you uh, didn't enjoy it. I was a bit disappointed. It wasn't what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know what over the years, yeah. many many years of seeing images, I'd built it up to be in my head, but it wasn't yeah. this. I found the look of the characters a little weird, a little off. Mm. So the artist, like the the guy that becomes the bad guy after he gets Tetsuo, yeah, Tetsuo, Tetsuo. His his hairline bugged me for the whole film. He had a very bulbous yeah, he round really head. Old, doesn't he? he does look really yeah. old, unnecessarily yeah. old. Yeah, and just the whole the whole thing. It looked amazing. It looked so cool. Thinking that this was just literally all hand-drawn. I don't think there was any yeah, computer things going yeah. on. Well, the only bit that was computer was that spinning, obviously, 80s graphical-looking thing yeah. uh, in that lab that that guy kept looking at. But the actual animation, the bulk of it, or all of it, apart from that spinning thing, looked to be hand-drawn. And it's yeah. so good. It's so... I mean... Nothing in the West, I don't think, was doing that That detail. It was incredible. Mm. So I loved the look. I loved that it was so adult-themed. I know you get adult-themed anime, but it's still kind of surprising because I generally just watch Ghibli stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, yeah it, I was disappointed. That's that's the general, my general feeling afterwards. Yeah. I thought it was a bit too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you rewatch it? I know you've seen it before. Yes, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I think the ending it it, it it lost me. The way I explained the ending to me was I thought at the start at the beginning because they say something about World War Three, but it's obviously Akira that's created that event, and. At the end, obviously, Tetsuo, he can't control his powers, basically. That's what I think, anyway. He can't mm. control his powers, so they call Akira out to help it, to guide him, is it, how to, mm. to use his power. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I got. And I was thinking, is this a, a, a metaphor for nuclear power? As if to say, like, you know, like obviously you had Hiroshima and all that, and that, but is it like a metaphor to say, it's a power that we, we just... That you we know, shouldn't human have. shouldn't have. Yeah. Yes. I, and I could I be think, completely wrong about that. No, I think you're right. I think I think I've seen it in documentaries before about anime that Japan was obsessed with 
um, these big mm. catastrophic things because of Hiroshima and yeah. uh, nuclear war and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Is it Hiroshima or Hiroshima? It's probably Hiroshima, sorry. Hiroshima. I do a lot of stuff wrong, yeah. No, I think I just mispronounced it. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. sure. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I think a lot of their art and a lot of their output is based around yeah. that and the, the questions surrounding it like this. And I think you're right. I think you're right because I I thought I wonder what politically was going on when this was made, because it yeah. is post. Well, this is like 19 years after World War Three, doesn't it? I think at the start. Yeah. And like, is it Tokyo that they just call it the city? And it's a bit yeah, like, Tokyo, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit wrecked, a bit ruined, a bit lawless. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was interested to know what was going on. I think you're right. I think it is a a message about nuclear power about yeah the dangers Absolutely of clear, yeah. having that power but I loved it I did I mean the music in it it's not like in your face the score isn't but I thought the music was really really good in it and mm. the animation still blew me away from the start all the way to the end I was finding the anime when you have people getting shot and beaten up and that it always looks so much more visceral and violent than it does in a real movie yeah um, but like when they were shooting that bloke on the floor but um, I can understand why you didn't enjoy it. Mm. Um, totally understand that, but I was watching it while I was on my exercise bike, and then when I finished on my exercise bike, I just sat down while I was cooling down. I just couldn't stop watching it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and but the ended, like I said, the ended started to lose me a little bit because I was like, I don't get it. Like, and I was thinking, I was trying to figure it out in my head, and I thought, well, that's the only thing I can understand. I didn't get the, the total ending, so I had to Google it, and apparently, he turns into another galaxy. Tetsuo does into another galaxy. Yeah, another universal creates another universal galaxy with his power, and he becomes that galaxy or universal, something like that. But oh, did yeah, get that? No, but I stood well at the end in the credits. You see all these stars and Milky Ways and stuff being created, mm. don't you? I'm sure mm. you do, and I think that's what it was. But yeah, mm. like I say, it's, it's always going to be a thumbs up for me. But um, I can understand why you probably didn't enjoy it. Mm. I, I, I didn't. I was disappointed. I think. Yes. I, I would still, it's still worth a watch, definitely, but I was mm-hmm. disappointed. But yeah, yeah, I just love the look. I could watch that sort of, that style all day long, apart from the actual character faces, which I found a bit weird. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. I love, I do find it difficult to find an anime I can, I can watch. I like anime, I like the look, I like the style. But it, Have you watched Ghost in the Shell? I've watched, yeah, I own Ghost in the Shell. I do yeah, like that. Fantastic, And what was that time one I told you to watch? I don't know if you ever did. Well, have you watched Street Fighter the animated movie? No. Oh my god. Did that get... <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. It's really, really good. Oh, The Girl Who Let Through Time. That's the one I really liked. Have you watched that? The Girl Who Let Through Time? No. Um, I think I'm going to. Well, yeah. Your name's possibly one of my favourites. Oh yeah, very long. Really good. It is very long out of that, but that was good. That was very good. Oh, I almost had another film in my head then. Carefully let through time. Where was my mind going after that? There was another one. Oh, the film you bought. Have you watched it yet? Paprika. No, I haven't watched Paprika, and I bought another film the other day. Ooh, an anime called Penguin Highway. Oh my god, that's hard to get. Yeah, I got it off um, eBay. HMV was selling me ten pound. That's like rare thing. I think it's difficult to get hold of that. Yeah, I've been trying to watch it for years, or well, not years, so about two years, and then um, 
I went on eBay. I thought I'm going to buy it, and then I seen it for like ten pounds. I was like, right, I'm going to check out the retailer. So it's not a rip off, and it was like HMV. It was like, right, I'm having that. Has it come? Yeah, it's here now. Oh. I'm not mean. If you're going to watch it one of the days together. Oh. I I can't even remember what it's about, but I know that name. A penguin like pops up. I think penguin or his fam, family penguins like turns up in a village where obviously there shouldn't be. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Oh, I want to see that. And I would want to see Paprika. Mm. That's another one of yeah, those I films. Will, I was going to watch Paprika tonight, and then I thought, oh, no, we're podding, so oh, we'll try it. and get through those <laughs> two soon. Oh, it's such a rich, a rich um, cinema in Japan. Mm. I, I do like it. I do, want to, I do want to explore it more and find more. Yeah. But some of it's just, I just cannot connect with it. Even if it looks good. <laughs> yeah. No, anyway, no. we're getting off point. Akira, disappointed for me. You loved it. Let's yeah. move on to your pick. Do you want me to read the thingy? Go on then. Let me find it. Oh, and just while we're on it, Keener Bridge of Spirits comes out on the 21st. Of September. Yeah, which it may already be by the time this is put up. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. What am I doing? Some prime, isn't it? Where's my prime app? Right. In the lawless border area stretching between the US and Mexico, an idealistic FBI agent, Emily Blunt, is enlisted by an elite government task force official, an elite government task force official, to aid in the escalating wars against drugs. Mm-hmm. This was your pick, and you picked this up big time. Yep. Go on. Did you watch it again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my favourite, not favourite movies ever, but it's just one of my favourite movies. Um, the thing I love most about it is when I watched it again, I, was, I, was, I forgot some of the plot. Okay. And the thing I love about it is the way the director makes you, the audience, feel just as confused as Emily Blunt does about it all. Mm-hmm. There's little whispers here and there, and you're getting little bits of plot, and you're getting, we're on this mission, we're doing this, and you really do feel as confused as Emily Blunt, and I think that is just fantastic filmmaking and storytelling. It's very brave to mm. like, try and make the audience... Confused. Like, yes. it's it's all, I always find that very brave to do, like instead of saying, oh, can you guess the twist mm. on the plot? And I just think... The way he films it and that the characters, they all come, especially Benicio del Toro. He just, I mean, you shouldn't say he's cool, but he just comes across, and you know, you just know how he hand, how he conducts himself. This guy's serious. Mm, like, yeah, <laughs> he is serious. Like he just got to look at yeah, and you just think, yeah, I ain't messing with him. He's mm-hmm. he's a badass. We'll do what I'm told. <laughs> yeah, and Emily Blunt's fantastic in it. Like she's like. She'll do what she has to do, but you can tell that she's not quite. It still gets to her, like mm. from the very start, it, it does. It's not. I don't know if it's personal, but it, it does affect her. She's just got such a strong moral compass. I think that's what yes. it is. She won't do the wrong thing to get the right result, no. or she's against doing the wrong thing to get the right result. Yeah, that's what it is. She wants to do it by the book. And this whole the the team she's teamed up with, that's not what they're about. No, even their end results. Yeah, and even their end result is dubious. Yes, it's like we we can't we can't 
stop the drug clientele. We can't stop the drug lords, the mafia, and all that other stuff. All we can do is pick the one that we can manage the most and try and defeat yes. the other ones to let them control yeah. it all. Yeah. She's mad. Yeah. And that pretty much is, like he says, there was a tight, she says something, I can't think of the word, and he's, she says, what is it? And he says, it was a time when we controlled it and we controlled the drug wars, where we controlled the drug trade. Mm. He says, and, and I think he says to her, unless you can get like, is it, what is it, 80%, or not 80%, sorry, look, 20% of um, our population to stop shoving that shit up the nose, mm. then we'll have to do this. And and um, and then, like, he, he basically, without exposing, you know, you're trying to work out what's from this Mexican prison and bringing it back to America because they want to interrogate him. That's why they're bringing it back from America. They want mm-hmm. to get this. Basically, I think he's the the cartel's accountant. Have to report to his boss. So they're setting up all these traps to piss off the cartel boss. So he's like, right, no one needs to see the accountant because this is I'm losing money now, and that basically leads to being called back to him and get a Sicario in to basically assassinate cartel number one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is something Diaz. And obviously, you will find out as the film goes on, right, you find out there's, there's a kind of, I think there's one sentence that mm. tells you about Benicio Del Toro, but later in the film, you basically find out this is his vengeance, this is his revenge. Yeah. I, I what thought, did you think then? I thought it was fantastic. Did you? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. The um the convoy scene on the motorway that I just think from the beginning she gets in the car and you're watching it. I don't know if you felt like this, but even on second or third view, whatever what it is for me, I was, I was still tense. Yeah, knowing what's going to happen, but it's just so tense. Just you know the building up to it, and then. Benicia, I can't think of his character's name, but he just turns around to her and he says, "Don't worry, nothing will happen here. They'll do it on the way back." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh God!" And then like they're in the car, and it just feels so like awful. I'm not saying it because I don't know, but it feels so authentic the way they're like scanning all the cars and they're, they're talking and yeah. Yeah, very claustrophobic. Yeah, and when they take out the bad guys on the um, motorway, whatever you call it, I was like, "Holy crap!" Mm. Just. And then, yeah. and then after she's like, "Is was that legal?" <laughs> yeah, it's got that moral compass again. Compass again. She's like, "Was that yeah. legal? Could we even have done that? What's just happened?" Yeah. And they're like, "Don't yeah. worry about it." Yeah, he's like, "Kate, don't worry about it, isn't he?" Mm. He like, he knows he's basically. It's almost like he's got the presidency in the way he talks. Like, yeah, like he knows what he can and can't do. The only thing he needs to have is he needs to have an FBI agent with him for jurisdiction reasons. Yeah. <laughs> when that opening scene, where she's, they raid that house. And all the dead bodies. Second, in the, the opening scene where they raid the house. Oh, and fantastic, dead bodies yeah. in the wall. And that, yeah. that bomb goes off, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unnerving, yeah. Mm, really unnerving. It sets the tone for the whole film. It's like... Yes. The people they're going the after, they do not fuck about. No. Which obviously the, I bought the score after I watched it again because I forgot how good it was and I bought the score and I've been listening to it a few times and I'm like, wow, this is so good. <laughs> but it, it is just 
from beginning to end in the finale, which is kind of grim. Because, you know, mm. I, that it really does play with your emotions, that finale, because, like, his, his kids look like good kids. Mm. And even his, his wife, like, she obviously knows what he does and what he, and she, she, when he says, like, you threw my, and, like, my little girl, he, he says to him, so about your wife, and he went, don't forget about my daughter. And yeah. then the wife, she's like, that she kind of knows in that instant he, he might just kill her children. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's, well, she's really sad. But when, it's horrible, because, you know, when Jess Brolin's talking to Kate, that mm. was really playing with your moral compass, because you're kind of like, when he says to her, oh, they threw his daughter in a, a tank of, boil, of acid, it was mm. like, Oh, I can understand why he wants to just kill every single one of them now. Like, yeah. And you, you know, then he's going to kill them kids. You know for a fact he's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kids are innocent, but at the same time, yes, it's not yeah. about the kids. It's still no. about their father and putting him through the pain. Yeah. I knew. I knew when he got to that table and sat down, and he said, "Not in front of the kids." I thought, "Oh my god." There's no way your kids yeah, well, are living. That's where he tries to trick you a little bit because, like he says, do they speak English? And he's like, no. Mm. And he's going to converse in English. He kind of gives you that thought that he's not going to hurt them because he knows they won't understand the conversation. I thought that, but then when he said not in front of my kids, I thought oh, he's obviously going to... I just thought straight away well, he believed the kids are going to die. Diaz obviously believed he wasn't going to kill the kids. Mm. That's why I think he killed his wife and the kids in front of him. Yeah. Because his shock on his face was as if to say... Because he used to be a lawyer, didn't he? Mm. Because when he said that to him, um, what was your wife thinking you now? And, and that's when he says to him, don't forget about my daughter. I was like, who? Like, I thought the audacity is bloke to say that to him when he's executing families for no reason and stuff. And yeah. then he's saying to him, what was your wife thinking? It's like, oh. So, yeah. yeah hoping, it's, hoping to reconnect with the, the educated lawyer side of him. Yeah, but yeah. Except no. Yeah. But it wasn't happening. He'd gone no. too far. And I know what you mean when you say it's not the done, it shouldn't be cool, but it was shot so cool and he played yes. it so cool. It was it was cool. It's Roger Deakins who did the cinematography, isn't it? And Roger Deakins is just always spot on. I don't know. You know more about that stuff than me. I've never heard yeah. that before <laughs> yeah. in my he life. He played one of 2049. I think he did. Um, Still not seen that. Skyfall. I think Roger I've Deakins seen Skyfall. But yeah, so obviously that's going to be. Film of the week. Yeah, that one won this week. Okay. I'm really looking forward to it in your pick. Have I got to tell mine first? Because it's Netflix. It's Netflix, so you can have your pick. Okay, I'll be quick. It's quite past my bedtime. <laughs> right, it is. My pick is... Really? I'm ready. Are you reading the synopsis? Yes, so... Seven years after he survived the monster apocalypse, lovably hapless Joel leaves his cosy underground bunker behind on a quest to reunite with his ex. Love and Monsters on Netflix. This was released last year. Love and Monsters, I, I guess think. it's kind of... A, yeah, the trailer was quite good for it, and I thought, you know what? It's just a bit more upbeat. Mm. I think so, that's on my watch list. I can't remember, but I think that's yeah, on my watch list. it's on mine. Right, you ready for mine? Mine's not got a very good Rotten Tomato score, and I can see now that the IMDb score is three and a half. (laughs) 700 votes. I don't know, something's drawing me to it, Dave. Right, here we go. 
A nerdy video game developer becomes the next contestant in an illegal live stream deathmatch. Guns Akimbo. Yes, Guns Akimbo. <laughs> in this hilariously dark, viciously violent and chillingly um, precise... No, that's not the word. Something sci-fi thriller. Yeah. It's from the Now the Guns to His Hands, yeah. It's from what? The Now the Guns to His Hands, Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, it's Daniel Radcliffe. Little Harry Potter with guns yeah. literally nailed to his hands. Yeah. He looks mad. There was some... The trailer opens up when he, he bumps into somebody and Sonic the Hedgehog hoops spill out of him in like his imagination, I'm guessing. <laughs> And I thought, oh, that, this looks cool. And then it got weirder and weirder and weirder. Yeah. And I thought, this looks bizarre. I knew he was in about that. when You know, when he said to me, it's, it's really wacky, I thought I knew what he was in about. And I knew it straight away. But yeah, I'll watch that. I, I definitely will watch it, obviously. It's on my list anyway. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. So that's it. That was the film club. The films for next time are Love and Monsters on Netflix and Guns Akimbo on Prime. Stay tuned to the uh, Twitter and Instagram feed at We Don't Go Out uh, for reminders and updates. And yeah, we'll catch you next time where you will have watched Love and Monsters and Guns Akimbo. Ta-ta!